Hey, hockey fans, welcome to the latest edition of Our Line Starts as we are all self-quarantining. Very important right now, but even more importantly, I'm joined by my very good friends, Eddie Olchek in Chicago and Brian Boucher joining us from his home outside of Philadelphia. Hey, guys. So good to see you. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So this is our new reality here. Uh, we, we can't see each other in the studio, but we're going to be doing this as best as we can. Um, what have you guys been up to? Ed, so I'll start with you. What, what's been your day-to-day? Been, what has it looked like lately? Uh, just like everybody else, KT, it's been... Uh... You know, getting up and uh, playing with the dogs and uh, working out and then uh, doing a little uh, household cleaning uh, in the closets into the uh, into the office and uh, just trying to uh, kill some time, uh, you know, just like everybody else. And for me, really, I mean, it's uh, on a personal note, it's kind of taken me back to two years ago when I was sick and, and battling my stage three colon cancer where it seemed like the clock never moved, you know, like it just kept. You know, every time I turn around, it looked like it was 10 minutes later and it only been about, you know, five minutes. And it's just it's just really a, a surreal feeling for me personally to kind of be going back to what it was like a couple of years ago with all this quiet time for all of us. But uh, we're all day to day and uh, just trying to grind it out. And our family is doing the social distancing just like everybody else. And hopefully everybody out there, all hockey fans out there, all our great hockey fans all across North America and around the world are adhering to the uh, medical personnel. And uh, so it's, you know, just kind of doing whatever's on the docket. And the one thing that is still going in my life is horse racing. So I'm a happy <laughs> human. I, I'm able to follow the horses. So uh, that's keeping me going uh, between probably about 1130 local time and about six o'clock at night. So, uh, so as long as the horse racing keeps going and we're healthy, everything is good. Where, wait, where, before I get to you, Bush, where are the horses racing right now? And so where are you watching them? Um, well, we got horses running down in, uh, in Florida, actually Gulfstream Park at Tampa. We got racing going on in Hot Springs, Arkansas at Oakland uh, Racetrack. Uh, got racing in California up near San Francisco at Golden Gate and also in Arcadia at Santa Anita. So there are a couple other tracks as well. So uh, obviously it's closed to the public and, uh, you know, they have their uh, rules and protocols that they're going and following as well. But uh, really horse racing is the only game in town, so to speak. So, uh, uh, I'm happy. It's helping me pass the time. That's for sure. I bet. I'm going to jump on board. The Kentucky Derby, of course, rescheduled for now for September 5th. Uh, Boosh, how are you doing? What's new in your world right now? I'm uh, doing good. I'm going to tell you this. If this continues much longer, I might have to uh, pick Edzo's brain and learn all I can <laughs> learn about horse racing because uh, certainly pulling my hair out. Um, I, I was temporarily living in Rhode Island during the winter. Um, but since this all happened, uh, we decided to come back to our house, which we were renting. Our renters moved out, uh, so that they could go back to their primary residence. So a lot of moving parts for us, my son who had been living in Michigan, uh, moved back home and 
we decided as a family we wanted to come back to our primary residence in uh, in New southern New Jersey. So we came back here and feels comfortable to be in our own place and not in a place that we were renting uh, for the year and to trying to keep two teenagers locked up uh, at home and not wanting to see friends is a difficult chore, but uh, we're managing. I mean, just trying to work out when you can and get outside when the sun is shining. Today, it's not shining. So, uh, you know, we're inside battling the elements, but like Edzo said, just, just trying to do our part and, uh, you know, kind of hunker down and, and stay out of harm's way and, and try to do what we're told. So, um, certainly a new reality for all of us, but, uh, we're managing just fine. Yeah. What are the, are the kids, uh, in school right now, Boosh, or are they taking classes at home? How is that working? Yeah. Out? So my daughter, she goes back to remote learning, uh, March 30th, uh, which will be good because she's had quite, quite some time off and, uh, her hours are all over the place. She needs to get locked down and, uh, and, and focus once again, my son, unfortunately in Michigan, they, they were supposed to, uh, have the teachers, learn about the remote learning or do a do a training course on on the Monday Tuesday of the uh, of the following week before they before the governor of Michigan let everybody out on Friday so unfortunately they're still kind of in limbo we don't know what's going on with that situation so right now he's doing a lot of xbox and typically I would you know be laying the hammer down on that but seeing that you know those kids are on lockdown as well uh you know, you got to let them have their freedom as best they can and they communicate with their friends that way. But hopefully that'll get resolved here in the next couple of weeks as to what he does. Uh, but my daughter does start remote learning on March 30th, which, uh, which will be good for her. Hey, KT, hold on a second. So, Bush, so you're going to get mad at Tyler for playing Xbox because you can't really do anything like everybody else. But well, let's tell everybody, who made the decision for the family to go from Rhode Island back to South Jersey? Can, can we get that out there? Is, is yeah, that that was Tyler. Tyler, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, see, he wasn't supposed to be living with us in, in Rhode Island. So when he got there, he's like, we're not having any of this. And uh, we got to keep the king happy. So, you know, yeah, I'm weak. There's no doubt about it. I'm weak. He speaks, wow. uh, yeah, the job gets done. When we get back on the road, me, you, and Doc getting back and doing games uh, for NBC at some point down the road here, boy, oh boy, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have some fun on the road. Knowing now who wears the uh, well, <laughs> we, we know we know who's in charge at home, but I didn't know that Tyler had that big of a hammer. That's for sure. No, oh, yeah, he is the boss. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I just stay in my lane. <laughs> Uh, funny, and we all look forward to getting back on the road and and we'll bring in one of our other friends who's usually on the road with us that would be john forsland uh one of our play-by-play announcers uh, the great voice of john forsland joining us now hey, hey. there it is it worked, Johnny. It worked. Johnny. that's uh, the we most all know what you've been doing the last huh? two we all know what you've been doing <laughs> yeah. absolutely nothing um john talk True. to us about the quarantine that you had to go under and, and why it was so severe for you, what you went through before you found out that you needed to be locked in your basement for two weeks. Well, clicking into this was the most pressure I've had in two weeks. So at least <laughs> we succeeded with that, right? So we're moving forward. This has been strange, guys. Great to see all three of you. I uh, appreciate you guys reaching out, you know, during the process and texting and all of that. And um, you know what? Uh, Rolling back to when it started, um, I didn't know really where this was going. Um, the way I got the news was interesting. I mean, I was sitting on the bus getting ready to come back to Raleigh. The game was canceled in New Jersey. Our uh, VP of media got on, kicked everybody off, wanted to talk to me alone. 
So then I got to think, well, something really bad's happened, maybe at home, God forbid, or something like that. I didn't know where, what to think. But he told me I've been in the room occupied by Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, and your life's going to change now. I said, okay, how are we changing? We're not sure you can fly back with the team right now. We're working on that. That was a little bit of a concern. So they figured that out. They sequestered me up in the front. The first and only time I sat in the GM seat on the plane, which was a little scary. I had my phone up all the way down, told the coaches I was making deals. Just tell me what you want, boys. We're going to make some deals here. And, uh, of course, the trading deadline had come and gone, so that was useless. But anyway, we, uh, we got home. I got on the horn with my doctor, and I thought I would be eligible for a test. And that's where, you know, the gray area comes in. I wasn't. Um, based on my the lack of symptoms in the state of North Carolina, they weren't qualifying people like myself for testing. Um, my immune system's a little bit compromised. I have an arthritic condition that I'm under medication for, but even that didn't work. So I self-quarantined for two weeks, KT. That was the end of that. And I put myself away. I don't like myself very much. So uh, it was difficult, to say the least. What did you do to pass the time? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> I, I could have been a lot more um, creative with it. I, I honestly, um, there's too much going on in the world. My kids were kind of like everybody upside down. They're coming home. Were they coming home? Were they not coming home? Uh, they all had their issues. In my daughter's case out of Clemson, she was told she's on the staff there. She's a grad student. She was told you can't go home because your dad might be, you know, uh, exposed to it. If you do go and come back, you might be quarantined for two weeks when you get back to Clemson. And they shut down the school. So then she was allowed to come home. My boy came home. Uh, but anyway, I'm no different than everybody else. Just upside down all the way around. Uh, watched way too much news, trying to figure out where this was going next. Uh, and connected with a lot of people. Spent a lot of time on the phone. And that was the real positive of all this. Hey, hey, Johnny, can I ask? I want to ask you something. Like, so how did... Your name, your name again, sir? <laughs> uh, my name is, my name is, my name is uh, Eddie Ulchek. And I'm going to walk right. down... On you right now, Johnny. So, okay. um, like, how how did how did the tie-in happen for people that don't know? How, how did the tie-in happen between you and the Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz player Rudy Gobert? Like, how, how did yeah. like how did the team yeah. find out, or like how did you That's, tell us? Yeah, sure. So the Jazz played in Detroit on March seventh. The Canes played in Pittsburgh on a Sunday on March eighth. Jazz had a five o'clock game on the Saturday. Nobody else used their rooms until we got there 8 p.m. on Sunday. And Canes were there from Sunday through the game on Tuesday, went to New Jersey. And, you know, all this stuff happened Wednesday night, right? So right. the game in Oklahoma City was canceled. He was positive. He did his little shtick at the press conference. I believe that was right. on Monday. Took a lot of ridicule for that, whatever. Uh, so anyway, it was on Wednesday, I think, when they actually cross-referenced the rooming list and tried to figure out who it was and who was, who was exposed. And obviously the team was a little bit exposed too with the locker rooms and, you know, the area, right. Little Caesars Arena and all that, but they were, they were next in. Tampa played there on Sunday. I'm not a hundred percent sure where they stayed. If they stayed at the Weston book Cadillac, maybe they had different rooms. I don't know, but I was the next guy in. And then they determined enough time had elapsed that it should be okay. And the cleaning staff assured everybody that they did an A1 job and I should be okay. But then you come home and the should be's turn into worry and you just right. wonder, you know, what's going to happen next. And every time I, and my allergies kicked in last Wednesday around here, it's been really nice and everything's in bloom. And so I didn't, couldn't differentiate between allergies and maybe a symptom for the coronavirus. So 
took right. my medication, that subsided and everything was okay. But that's how it went down. Okay. And then uh, they don't go bare Forslund, natural progression. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. <laughs> I think all of us are kind of living in that, you know, fear of when you get, you start, I live in New York City, so I'm in, you know, the, the right. hotbed of all of this right now, but um, you feel like, oh, I have a sniffle, is that it, is it not? Uh, it's very, very challenging to navigate. I can imagine the fear that you had, John, um, certainly being in the same room and being exposed to, you know, the possibility of having it back in Detroit, but uh, some scary stuff for sure. And then we're dealing with, the, of course, the conversation of where do we go from here with the NHL season? And every day it seems like the news is changing when we might be back, when we won't be back. Um, what do you guys think as far as the scenarios that have been thrown out as, as far as, you know, if we start in July, if we start in August, I mean, have you guys thought at all about what would be the most beneficial at this point? I, I mean, I, I think we've got to give enough time in my, in my opinion, where we need to give the fans the, uh, the security to know that if they go into a building, that they are safe in mass numbers. That to me is the most important thing and getting into it prematurely and maybe having to limit the amount of fans that come in or fans are still a little skittish about coming in. I don't know how that benefits uh, really anybody. I mean, so, and, and we all know that the, the gate in, at playoff time is what's most important for the owners as far as, you know, recouping some of, uh, you know, maybe the, the regular season losses. Um, that to me is first and foremost. So I think I always look at, you know, when are we going to be at that point where now we're comfortable going in crowds and feeling like we can be around other people without having that fear of like, Oh my goodness, am I going to catch it in an airborne situation? Uh, so that to me, I think it's got to be July, August. I don't think how, I, I can't think of a scenario where it could be anytime sooner in June. I just can't foresee a time that we're going to be comfortable say in May going into a crowd and feeling like I'm okay with this. Uh, you know, you're in a building with 17,000 people. Uh, I, I want to make sure that if we come back and play, that there's going to be fans there cheering these players on uh, in the best environment possible. And I think we have to, to give it the most time we can. Yeah, and I think, KT, look, I think anything is on the table. But first and foremost, you know, we, we can't do anything until we get the okay from the powers that be. And that's the medical professionals that are that are making these decisions. And when they think it's okay for – us to get on with, you know, whatever lives that we're living, then we're going to do it. And that's why everything's on hold. I think the league, uh, I think, I think all the sports league have done a really good job of, of handling, you know, this very difficult time. And it's difficult for everybody. Look, I mean, the sports part of it and everything that's, we, we got to get the health of our community and our country 
stabilized here and then and then we can worry about you know is there going to be regular season hockey is there going to be playoff hockey is it we want it we want it tomorrow I mean we would all drop everything you know not that I'm doing anything right now but we would drop everything that we are doing and get to wherever we knew we'd get to to be able to 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 call the greatest game in the world and be in front of the greatest fans and bring it to them on television and in whatever way that they're getting the, the games but until I'm looking at it from the aspect, look, and until there are, uh, you know, certain restrictions lifted and, and even start thinking about it, um, you know, we're just kind of, for me, I'm just thinking about day to day and, and hoping that we have a, some sort of, uh, some sort of conclusion to, you know, what the NHL has started here over the course of the first, you know, whatever, seven eighths of the, uh, the regular season. If we get in the playoffs then great, if it's some regular season, great, but, to me, that would be the best thing at all is that we just have hockey if we can get to that point, whether it's, you know, in July or August, like Bush was talking or whatever the people in the medical, uh, you know, field are, are telling us. And look, these decisions are being made much higher. And I think the league, the commissioner, Mr. Bettman and Mr. Daly have, have expressed that to everybody involved in the game. It's like, it, you know, these decisions are coming from, you know, higher than the NHL. This is like, you know, they're going on direction from the medical professionals. And I think that's what we all have to live by. Yeah, I think it's been uh, every day you're watching the news and everything's changing. So therefore, the yeah. league has to adjust as well. But I, I have to applaud the creativity. I think it's helping to keep people going, people at the league, uh, reporters, fans that are chiming in as far as, okay, if we start in July and August, here's what could happen. You know, maybe we take the top teams that were already in it or we mm -hmm. expand the playoff field and make it five-game series versus seven-game series. So I think um, just the creativity of what everyone's thinking about in ways that, you know, if we find out tomorrow, all systems ago, they've got a plan in place for that. And even just that is creating excitement for fans and just knowing that we're going to get out of this at some point. And the hope is that, yeah, maybe we can salvage some of the season, if not just start right off uh, in October as well. But um, I, Well, KT, I, KT two, two things. One is, like, you know, you're right. I mean, the hockey fans, I mean, we're all starving for it. And look at when we're having our, uh, you know, our, our hockey week in America on, on NBCSN and being able to watch a lot of these incredible games, uh, you know, whether they're winter classics or playoff games or Stanley Cup uh, you know, people are just, you know, they're, they know how awesome the game is. And, it, you know, you're able to relive certain games. And, you know, some of these games I, I was working, some games I was watching as a fan. And, you know, you, you try to remember everything. Look, I can't remember what the hell happened yesterday, let alone what happened eight or nine years <laughs> yeah, ago. It was like 100 but, years ago right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, those, those possible scenarios, right? Like, I mean, there's got to be, I mean, hundreds of scenarios that – you know, how it plays out. But the one thing I think that I don't want to say hasn't been talked about because most everything has been talked about um, is thinking about where these athletes might be. Uh, our hockey players might be as far as not necessarily conditioning wise, uh, but more on the hockey conditioning part. And Bush, you can speak to this as well as anybody. Uh, you know, there's something about being in shape, uh, but being in hockey shape is a whole new, different animal. You know, how long will the players need? You know, how long will he? Well, how long will they have been off? Oh, uh, well, you know, is it sixty? Is it sixty days? Is it ninety days? I mean, I'm talking about being off the ice. Do they need a? Do they need a two-week training camp? Do they need a three-week training camp? 
Will they get any games in there? You know, goaltenders, all, all that kind of stuff. So I think all of those things are, are food for thought. But the one thing that I would look at it from a, from a former coach's point of view and a former player's point of view and how a broadcaster is, you know, the time element are these, again, we don't know, like we could guess and we can surmise and we can hope, but if these guys are off 60, 90 days, uh, they're going to need a couple of weeks for sure, without any doubt of getting out on the ice and getting back in some sort of hockey shape. And then whatever hand that is dealt, you know, they, they play that hand. So some food for thought for the hockey fans out there. Yeah. And not to mention a lot, you know, the NHL allowed players to go home to their native country. So right. we're talking about guys that are all around the world right now. When they come back, do they then have to go through a two-week quarantine? I mean, all these things, you know, mm-hmm. right, in addition to the conditioning. Um, a lot of a lot of questions going forward. Um, well, if the season ended today, uh, I've certainly thought about this, you know, and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, the if you were to hand out awards today, let's say the season's over, no playoffs, we're done, we'll start back again with the next season in October. Um, who would you guys have? And and Johnny, I'll start with you as your MVP of the year. Um, I might lean in in Nathan McKinnon's direction. Um, McDavid, Dreisaitl, um, obviously off Don, the charts. You only can take one, Johnny. Just take no. one. I'll take 30 guys. <laughs> I can't take all of them. Okay. Do I have 10 seconds? Do I have 10 seconds? Up for a while, Ed, Let him go. Yeah, yeah. Right. I got a lot inside oh, of me great. here. Most of it you don't want to hear. Um, <laughs> I like McKinnon. I think, I think McKinnon has, has carried his team. He's the most valuable player to that team. Um, maybe, you know, you could argue this, the, you know, the most talented player might be McDavid, but then again, he's supported by an equally talented guy in Dreisaitl. They're both on the same team. Colorado has been an upper echelon team most of the season. So quickly off the top of my head to make this as succinct as possible. So others can jump in Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> See, I would go, I would go Dreisaitl, uh, in Edmonton and I feel like, you know, McDavid's been out. Uh, a little bit there's been some injury issues and McDavid's been fantastic and you certainly can make a case for him but uh, the consistency for dry settle that we've seen now in in multiple years this is not just and look McKinnon's a great pick as well um, but to me dry settle has maybe for the people out east it's been a it's been pretty quiet in the sense that you know if you don't watch those games late at night you don't see uh, how great he really is. And yeah, he's got a complimentary piece there and another guy in the lineup that helps out McDavid, but man, oh man, he's been, he's been fantastic. And mm-hmm. he, you know, if, if, if not for, you know, look, when McDavid goes down, if you, you know, if you don't have a guy like McDavid, you wonder where that organization uh, would be or that team. I mean, I know Dave Tippett coming in there has done a great job in, in, uh, in buckling things down a little bit, but you know, when you have a guy like, uh, like Dreisaitl, uh, riding shotgun with McDavid, it's hard not to to give him the credit that he deserves, considering that McDavid's out of line. So my my vote would be for Drysaddle if it ended today. Yeah, I would go with Drysaddle as well, uh, but I'm going to give a little uh, little Johnny Forslund here too. Uh, I'm I'm gonna if somehow the Rangers would make the playoffs, and again, if we have a regular season, we know all know what ifs are. Uh, I would not underestimate uh, Artemi Panarin the year that he has had and the impact that he has had on a team that a lot of people thought would, I don't necessarily be battling for a playoff spot as closely as they are, but the bread man has certainly delivered in a big way. And 
if they would somehow, you know, if we would have the regular season and play 82 and what is he a top, what, three or four scorer in the league right now? I mean, I haven't yeah. looked at the stats in a couple of weeks, but to me, he would be a guy that I think would, you know, I think he would be, an, I think he would get a couple of top three votes. I don't think that he would win if the Rangers would miss or if the season ended today, KT, I guess to your question. And I know listening is a skill. Um, so <laughs> would he be in my top three? He might be. He, he, he might be in my top three, but I would go with dry silence. You know, it's interesting you guys, were t- you're talking about the, the Rangers there. I couldn't help but think the other day watching the Rangers-Capitals game that we had on Hockey Week in America, presented by Discover. Um, have we seen, and we probably have seen, the last game from Henrik Lundqvist in a Rangers uniform? Uh, I saw the interview he did with Pierre, and I just couldn't help but think, wow, you know, if this were to end today and we don't have, you know, the Rangers aren't in the playoff scenario, whatever we do going forward, you know, is that the end of, of the King in New York? It's um, – it's, I, I think it's sad to think because I love seeing him in a Rangers uniform, but it's the reality of the game and, you know, time stands still for no one, right? I totally agree with you, KT. The game doesn't stop for any one player. And, you know, you're, the, the sentimental part of you, you know, feels like, boy, it should end on better terms for Henrik Lundqvist. But I agree with you. I, I think we have potentially seen the last game for Henrik Lundqvist in a Ranger uniform. However, that breakup, transpires in the offseason remains to be seen again if the season was over right now but they've got two very good young goaltenders uh, with Shesterkin and Georgiev uh, and they've got to they've got to handle that prudently and and with those guys their future is in their hands they've got to worry about an expansion draft coming up Uh, and, and and for Lundqvist he has to see it too I mean for everybody Eddie you're in the same position as me at some point the game uh, just passes you by. And I'm not yeah. saying that he's not a good goaltender so that he couldn't still play in the National Hockey League. Maybe there's a spot for him to end up his career in another uniform. That'll be up to him. Uh, he's the one who said that he wanted to end as a New York Ranger. Uh, if he changes his mind and wants to play one more year and have a swan song uh, in, in another city, that'll be up to him. And that's what, as, as players want, you want it to end on your terms. That might be the best way that it can end on his terms. He's been the face of that franchise for a long time. And, I mean, I tip my hockey helmet to him for everything that he has done, regardless, uh, you know, how this all plays out. But uh, the one thing I will say, Bush, when you were talking about uh, Georgiev and Shesterkin, they really like both those guys, Bush. They really do. They, yes, love, they, do. they, they love those guys. <laughs> yeah. They absolutely <laughs> love those guys. Oh, boy. You guys, excellent inside joke there to end things. Um, I have to say, I turn on Hockey Week in America, presented by Discover, every single day at 3 p.m., and I leave it on, and I, to your point, John, I'm done watching the news. It makes me sad. Uh, I love hearing your guys' voices throughout the day, so... In my house, surround sound. I got you guys on. So, uh, and it continues all week long. If you guys are watching it, it's going to go through Sunday. Very, very exciting game. That's a KT. That's that's a nice place you got there. What, what do you get? You want to do a little little tour there? What do you got going there? I mean, surround sound. How big is your place? I mean, surround sound. You're looking at it. Yeah, I got stone houses in every room. Make sure I can hear you well, Ed. So, okay. I may even call you up and put you on speakerphone, like on the kitchen oh, counter, and you yeah. call. Most people like that put hit mute when i'm speaking so that's about it it is great it is great to see you guys it is great great to see you too john continue to be well i'm glad you're you can roam around the house now and go outside uh self-quarantine by the way we all need to be doing that um guys good to see you we'll have to do this again soon 
See you, KT. Love you guys. Love you guys. Appreciate it. See you, boys. See you.